You're listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the Word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to share the word this afternoon. Welcome, everybody. It's uh, beautiful outside. I don't know about you, but I moved several times because of the blistering, wonderful sunlight shooting through this window. I'm like, man, that's hot. So I, like, you probably saw me. I, was shift- I wasn't dancing. I was shifting out of the sunlight. So some of you here may have to ship a l- shift a little bit, and I totally understand. Okay? I won't take it personal. Okay? So... Um, without any uh, ad- further ado here, I'm going to invite you to turn to 1 John. And as we do that, as you're shuffling through the pages or flipping through your digital Bible, I um, just want to bring apart or bring to you one announcement. On February, uh, Friday, February 10th, we're having our worship night. Last time we had a prayer and worship rally. But on February 10th, it's specifically a night of worship. We're going to worship for the amount of time that we're allowed to be in here as much as we possibly can. And so you're welcome to come. And and I would hope that not only those of you who call Hope for Day home, but I would hope (laughs) that you would tell other people to be there as well. I'm going to be getting on the phone and and inviting other churches, inviting other pastors. I'm on on a ministerial um, team of pastors, and they've said that they will take part of that because I've been also going to other church prayer meetings and, and taking part in those. So I'm looking forward to February 10th. I hope you would mark that off on your calendar um, because as we've already said during a time of worship, we're not going through an exercise. We really believe in that time. It's a special time to bring all our needs before the Lord and even to celebrate, to praise him because he's right to be praised. Amen. And so please mark that on your calendars. If you have any trips planned, any kind of, um, I don't know, cruises or anything, just teasing, um, you need to cancel them. Okay? Or at least postpone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you, if you do, I mean, I know it's hard at times, but I hope to see you there. Okay. First John. I'm starting my timer. I didn't hear any amen, so that's good. First John. Um, It's going to be a little bit different today in in some regards um, because in this series, I've already pre-written a bunch of messages, but Wednesday morning, uh, very strongly, I believe the Holy Spirit uh, spoke to my heart, and so I made a shift in what I'm going to share with you today. We're still in our series, Truths to Live By, based out of Proverbs that it is appropriate. Those who want to glean wisdom and understanding, it begins with a reverence for the Lord, a deep reverence for who he is and our identity in him. And so today I want to look at this. Cherish our anointing in Christ. Cherish our anointing in Christ. And so 1 John, we're told this beginning in verse 18, Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. By this we know that it is the last hour. 
They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be clear that none of them belongs to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Just say truth for a moment. Truth. Truth. Who is the liar? Is it not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father as well. What you have heard from the beginning is to remain in you. If what you have heard from the beginning remains in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he himself made to us eternal life. Eternal life. Or in verse 28, so now little children remain in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know this as well. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Everyone who does what is right is born of him. Now just for a moment, set yourself as a recipient of these very words. These words that John has written is not to be only for those he addressed the letter to, but with the intention that it would go out and reach forward even to today to you where you're sitting right now and those who are hearing and watching as well. But as for you, so now little children in the last hour remain in him even in the midst of any Christ that have gone out into the world. You know who they are, but you know the truth. Remain in the truth. And everyone who does what is right has been born of him. These, these words that John has written after the weekend that I've had also, I was pretty excited not in a fickle excitement by any means, but just the fact of knowing that when you're in Christ, when you're rooted and seated in him, there is nothing that can knock you off in your relationship with him if you remain in him. I mean, when John wrote this letter, he wrote this around 70 AD. Jerusalem had been sacked. It had been destroyed. And so John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, writes, we believe, from a place of Ephesus. And we understand that Paul began the church in Ephesus and the work that he put in, the tireless hours that he put in Ephesus, which made it ripe for a place of ministry where John would follow. And so not only do we believe he wrote these letters, but we see how important these letters and how they represent, or sorry, resonate to us today. Like Pastor Isaiah mentioned last week, it's like a frequency from the Word of God that reaches into our spirit, bone, joints, and marrow, and it should encourage us. 
And so he writes, and you have to appreciate that after he begins the letter declaring this, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, and the fellowship that we have in him, he goes on to say, now children, we're in the last hour. This isn't dress-up time. This isn't make-believe. This is reality. And so point number one is this. As we follow Christ, there will always be turbulence. There will always be turbulence. There will always be waves. I don't have to tell you, many of you are veterans in the faith, that when you're serving Jesus, you experience a tidal wave. There's different kinds. There's the wave of of the spirit, and then there's the wave of the enemy trying to overcome you. So John writes to encourage the people, do not lose heart, do not lose hope. Your hope rests in Jesus Christ. Remain in him. And so he begins, even before this point, he talks about what it is to be in Christ and living a life that, yes, spills over into your actions, into areas of morality. And so rightfully so, this is why he writes and says, there's antichrists that have gone out, and guess what they're doing, Brad? They're perverting the gospel. They're perverting the truth. They're saying, hey, you're saved, go nuts. They're distorting the truth to suit their own ambitions. And maybe you're sitting here today and you've heard the words where he's sharing that there's antichrist and they've gone out into the world. What exactly was their message? Well, we see here that John shows us very clearly his focus is on one thing above everything else. And perhaps you caught it. Denial of Christ himself. If you can deny that Jesus Christ is Lord... If you can truly confess that with your heart, that's the issue. And so he's combating that. There's antichrist, those who are going around after Jesus has long after left this earth. He's been resurrected, and they're denying a few things. And I wrote these things down. They deny that Jesus is not the mighty God and Savior that he claimed to be, that he did not truly God come in the flesh. But just for a time, he, that this man, this Jesus, came and was part of this man born of Mary and Joseph. But when he died, that was no longer the deal. They deny completely his deity. So they deny that he, would, that he came in the flesh and therefore that he will not return in the flesh. They deny that there's no resurrection. They deny that he's coming back to establish his kingdom in fullness. We know that in faith his his kingdom is inbreaking in and through us, but they would deny he's not coming back. In fact, the greatest issue with this and why John's focusing on this, and there were those going around saying Jesus was not the final word. He wasn't the final self-disclosure of who God is. And we understand this because there's another form of belief out there that says Muhammad is the last and final word and revelation of God or Allah. This is what he's warning us about. These antichrists have gone out into the world and some were even of the fold. Some even for a moment perhaps heard, but they didn't fully ingest. They didn't allow the root, the seed to permeate in their heart. And so they never really truly believed if they could leave. And so these are the things that he is saying. And as we go through this letter, I believe that we'll be challenged, but encouraged, especially by the words of Christ himself. Jesus said this in scripture. He says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. 
And the will of the Father is that they would look to the Son and that I will give them eternal life and raise them up on the last day. Can you see the implications of that? That flies in the face of every Antichrist movement that followed after Christ had came, died, and rose again. And so I, I appreciate so deeply what John says here, if we don't catch anything but this, you know the truth. Remain in him. And so some key words to focus on here. Last hour, Antichrist. Remain an anointing. Anointing. In verse 18 and 19, he talks about these groups, these those who are against God's redemptive plan. How many of you believe in life transformation? Amen. Well, this fold and group wouldn't believe that life transformation is of any importance. But we believe in what I appreciate my late father always said, the juicy fruit, the character of God, that integrity is so important in our walk with Jesus. This character is cultivated by the power of his Holy Spirit. But these movements were saying, hey, it's okay. There were prophetess going out, false prophetess going around saying and, and encouraging people to marry their faith with sexual morality and all other kinds of evil and all other kinds of mockery to the Lord. But John goes on in chapter 4 and says this, Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test those spirits to see if they're from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I think each one of us have heard some of those voices. We've even heard it in the church, and we can rest assured that when it happens, we can exercise sound judgment and discernment by the power of the Holy Spirit to say, that's not of the Lord, because if it was the Lord, you wouldn't be encouraging me to act in such a silly way. You wouldn't be encouraging me to embezzle money. You wouldn't be encouraging me to be unfaithful to my wife or my spouse. Second John chapter Second uh, John 7 says this, Many deceivers have gone into the world. They do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the anti-Christ. It's right here in the word. So he's showing us, he's laying it up for us so we don't have to guess. Ron, how, do you, how much do you appreciate that you don't have to make a guess? It's right there. It's right in front of our eyes as we're led by the Holy Spirit. It's right there. And yet a lot of times, and I'm definitely not a name dropper, but a lot of times people say, well, have you read this person's book? Oh man, you got to read their book. And there's a lot of well-intentioned authors and those who hear from the Holy Spirit don't misunderstand. I'm not saying you can't read books, but at the end of the day, if you prefer a certain author or a certain worship leader or that, then I would check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because the word of God needs to be the first and foremost place of where we rest. Because the word of God says that no one has seen the Father except he who has come from heaven. And so John's showing us that there's those movements, even here in the now, people will push, people will pull until you sacrifice your identity in Christ and make you jettison everything that makes you a child of God. What are those voices? What are the things that people want you to sacrifice? What are those things they want you to compromise on? Because when you do those things in a way, in a form, it's a, it's a road that leads to a place of denial. 
And I know it's a, it's a strong word to say, but if you can say within your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that I am bought and paid for by the blood of Christ, you remain in fellowship with him, amen? It's okay, sometimes we're faithless. The scripture also says, when we are faithless, he is faithful, for he cannot disown himself. You've been united with Christ. So don't be discouraged as we read through this letter together, but allow it to, to permeate within your heart that it's important that we remain and look to him above everyone else, even above myself. The words that I say, you should go home and you should read the word of the Lord for yourself. And then if you agree with something, you say it's right in the word, you can say, amen, pastor. I'm right on board with you. Because I can tell you there are times that even someone of myself, we misspeak. But the Holy Spirit, his word is always true. So John's showing us, don't love these movers and these shakers who offer this new revelation, this new illumination. Anything that's contradicting who Jesus is, you're to run from it. You're to run from it and never look back. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. After Christ died and he rose again, it says this, and he gave himself, out of himself, some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. And here's the key piece. Growing into maturity with stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children. See this, this play of words here? There's a certain kind of children that you don't want to be. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by the human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. Spiritual maturity is important. To be able to open the word of God and say, I know that I know that I know who Jesus is. And come hell or high water, I'm not going to turn my back on him because he's never turned his back on me. Maturity, spiritual maturity. This is something that has been resonating within me as we, we, we began this series, Truths to Live By. All these principles, these propositions, if you will, is all held together and coming to a place of spiritual maturity in the love of God through Jesus Christ. It says in verse 16, from him the whole body is fitted, knitted together by every supporting ligament and promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Each individual part. And so it's important that each one of us, not just a few, but each one of us glean the wisdom from what John is showing to us. When we're all on the same page, when we're saying, amen, I desire to be spiritually mature, amen. I desire to remain in Christ, amen. When we're on the same page, guess what? The devil gets ticked off and he gets concerned and he gets worried because he says, uh-oh, people are actually praying. People are actually moving in the way of, of the Lord. But look at verse 22 for a moment. John emphasizes here, he says, who is the liar if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This one is the Antichrist, 
the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father, but he who confesses the Son has the Father as well. Cherish that anointing is what the words that were permeating in my mind and my spirit. Andrew, cherish the anointing that you know the truth. Even when your friends challenge you or say, well, you know what? You're, you're a little too legalistic. There's nothing legalistic about being led by the spirit of the Lord to live rightly before God. Some people get, get concerned about that. And they twist it and they distort it. But no, the, Jesus himself said, be holy as I am holy. Look at John chapter 5, verse 37. Jesus says this, The Father who sent me has himself testified about me. You have not heard his voice at any time, and you haven't seen his form. So how do we see his form and hear his voice? Through the Holy Spirit, the anointing that we have received. We can't hear it and see it through anyone else. People claim to through Muhammad and other figures, but it's a falsehood. Jesus goes on to say in John 8, 29, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone because I always do what pleases him. Verse 38, I speak what I have seen in the presence of the Father, so then you do what you have heard from your Father. John 10, 36, do you say you are blaspheming to the one the Father set apart and sent into the world because I said I am the Son of God? If I am not doing my Father's works, don't believe me. But if I am doing them and you don't believe me, believe the works. This way you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. What I appreciate about this is that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, works sometimes even in spite of us. Thank God, even when we get carried away and we act in the flesh, that he works in spite of us that the works that happen don't belong to us, but the Holy Spirit. This is what I appreciate about that testimony shared during worship that about Simon receiving, I believe, the healing of the Lord. That only comes by the power of his Holy Spirit. But as you read through the word and you look through the letters, even John, one of the beloved disciples, there was a time where they couldn't fully comprehend this love. They couldn't fully comprehend this anointing that was going to be poured out upon them because of what Jesus, what he said about himself and what he promised he would do. So Philip, one of the disciples, in all this trouble, he said to the Lord in John 14, 8, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough. And Jesus rightfully says to him, show us the Father. Have I not been with you all this time, and yet you do not know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Right here at the end of this letter, John tells us to remember, to remain in him because he's coming back. He's going to return. In fact, Jesus says in John 16, 32, Indeed, an hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And this has so many other reaching implications, but at the end of the day, we can understand this. When Jesus spoke about everything that would occur before he returns, he says that there will be a great falling away. There will be what we call an apostasy. Those who believe false teachers and deceivers 
But yet in the midst of that, in the midst of those who maybe thought they were of the number, but they didn't identify with it, but as they leave and leave the church, the promise still remains that the gospel will go out to the nations through the faithful by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I hope to God that that's, I am one of those people and that you are also. That we would not be and pulled in by the deceptive voice of the enemy. Because here John's showing us, guess what? Some feasted on the lie. Some feasted on it. They believed it so much that they gave their life to it and they left. John shows us denying the Father is to deny Jesus as well. To deny Jesus is to deny the Father. But if you believe in Jesus, you have both. You have the Trinity. In Hebrews 1, verse 3, it says this, the Son, I love this verse, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. The radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by the powerful word. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Think about it. He has everything that you need at your disposal. All of heaven has been procured. The wind in your sails, if you will, to sustain. You don't have to dress it up. Everything has been available, made available for us by this anointing. Do you cherish the anointing? This is real. I'm preaching to myself. Andrew, do you ch truly cherish this anointing or are you going through the motions? Because when you go through the motions, it only lasts you for so long. You burn out. But when you're saying, Lord, I am everything because of you. Like John chapter 15, he says that those who remain in me will produce much fruit and fruit will last. But if you start to believe the deceptive voices of the opposition of the enemy and start giving your life to that, that falls in the area of idolship. And it starts to dam up, if you will, the river flowing. Remain, he says, in this last hour, remain by not falling in love with these eloquent and deceitful antichrists. And so just to shift as I come to a, a close, we don't want to put a statement here when he talks about the world to believe that that means we need to completely isolate from it. Sometimes we've heard teachings where it says, you know what, we have to be completely set apart. Well, that's unrealistic. Does that mean that God doesn't want you to enjoy, enjoy the world that he's created for you? No, he wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to enjoy every pleasure. He said that he saw everything he made and it was good. That's why I appreciate the words in, uh, of Paul to Timothy. He says, everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving. Because it's been what? Sanctified by the word and with prayer. And what I appreciate about this as I was praying over this and sinking my heart into this is that the anointing is not only a way for us to discern evil spirits and to discern what is evil, but it's just as much a redemptive power, a redemptive anointing to take that which the enemy intended for evil and turn it around for good. When he takes music and it's speaking to the things of, of evil, 
and perversiveness, we can redeem it. Thank God we can redeem the chords. I believe you can take any song on the radio today and redeem it in Jesus' name. Do you, be, do you believe that? Do you believe that he can redeem all things? Because I believe that there is no one beyond his reach. There is nothing that he can't do. And this is something that I'm, I'm praying into uh, personally and, and corporately. God, don't allow us to believe that there are limits to your grace, that there's limits to your authority, that there's limits to your anointing. And as I was praying this, I was writing down these notes and preparing for today and understanding that word that he gave me, I was drawn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And you might be thinking, oh man, I know this chapter. Maybe, maybe in fact, you know these verses. For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience is complete. And so here's twofold, that because of what we have, the anointing that we have, the anointing breaks the yoke. When we bond ourselves to the things of the world, only the spirit of the living God can break that bondage. We can't do it. We've, we've, we've seen through history. People tried and failed. But there's a second piece to this. By partnering with the Holy Spirit, we need to listen to the spiritual fathers in our lives, our genuine pastors and leaders who have been given charge over our very souls. When they preach and declare, remain in him, seek his face, count the cost, worship he who is holy, Take those words, be encouraged by those words, and press in. And I'm speaking to myself because we all need encouragement. We all need reminders, not just from the pulpit. We need the, the body of Christ to function as it, as it was designed with the apostles and prophets and teachers and leaders to encourage one another. How many of you believe that as iron sharpens iron, we sharpen one another? Amen. Amen. I believe that wholeheartedly. And so when I get a phone call from one of my pastor friends and one of my mentors and they share with me and they always encourage, there's always encouragement. There's always, it's always seasoned with encouragement. But make no mistake, there is an area of, of a spiritual father bringing discipline in my life. And so Paul and, and John and others and leading the church they were not afraid to be bold and declare, listen, there's people out there who are going to try and knock you off your path. Don't be deceived. They're out there. But don't focus on it either. Lean into the anointing that you have, the anointing that allows you to discern what are appropriate next steps and also how to redeem that which the enemy intended for evil. And so going forward, you know, as a church family, my encouragement to us this afternoon again is this. Cherish his anointing with everything that you have because when we're attentive to him, when our heart, that's what matters. He looks at the heart. You can jettison everything else. When your heart is set after him and you long and thirst and hunger for the things of God, he's going to pour out his kingdom in your life. And you'll never be the same. He's showing me things. He's revealing things to me that I had long forgotten about. And I'm encouraged. 
I'm encouraged that God who spoke still speaks today. And so I'm going to invite the worship team to come. And as they play, and I believe as they play the strings like David played, the heart before Saul and demons fled from Saul, that as we lean in into a place of worship, as we lean in and desire his good, pleasing, and perfect will, he's going to do his good, pleasing, and perfect will within our lives. And it's going to overflow. What I appreciate, and and Ron, I'm going to put you on the spot, one of the brothers in our house, is I appreciate as we share over coffee um, that he and, um, oh my gosh, Susan. Yes, thank you. Dodge that bullet, eh? (laughs) That you're willing to talk to anybody. You're willing to talk to anybody about your faith. And and it's simply, and I'm, I'm probably putting words in your mouth, but I understand their heart. They're saying, you know, Holy Spirit, would you use me today? Would you lead me in conversations with people today? And they're not doing it. They're not striving within themselves, but by the leading empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And that's what John's getting at here. At the end of the day, as you lean into his anointing, you don't need anyone to teach you. As you open the word of God, you're going to see, well, what's appropriate for my life? How does the Lord want me to live my life? It's all here. There's no mystery to it anymore. Guess what? Because you have the promised Holy Spirit. There was a time where there were mysteries in the word of God because they didn't have the Holy Spirit like we have today. You don't have to go to a conference. You don't have to pay big bucks to hear, I'm gonna lay out the mystery for you. Are you ready? Here it comes, Ron. But you have the Holy Spirit living, dwelling within you and within me. And as we're thankful, as we enjoy the world that he's created for us, guess what? He's gonna work and move through us in his kingdom and in this world as he breaks his kingdom in and through us. Amen. Cherish the anointing. Cherish the anointing. Barb and Jim, cherish the anointing as I know you do. Graham, cherish the anointing. And as the worship team continues to play, and I leave you with this verse, I promise. Matthew 5, 14. Allow this to reach into you, man. Let it seep into your very heart. You are the light of the world, a city situated on the hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to who? Your Father in heaven. Your Father in heaven. How Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're in this place. Lord Jesus, thank you for the promise that you uttered to the disciples when you said, receive the Holy Spirit. And when they went into the upper room, you promised and said, I will send the promised Holy Spirit. And when he comes, you will receive power, power to witness. And you'll be my witnesses through all Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And so Lord, I thank you that we, like the early followers of the church who followed hard after you, that you are working through each one of us, that your anointing remains and is poured out mightily upon each person here like a great mantle, a covering. We thank you for your Holy Ghost fire, the reminder to step into you, to look to you above every other name. And as we do that, Lord, you open the floodgates of heaven and you pour out your blessing so that we can bless others with the gospel.
your gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your name is power, God. You are mighty to save in this place. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to invite you just to worship him right where you are. Whether you're standing, seated, raising your hands, just encourage you from a place of genuineness within your heart to call out to him this afternoon. Your name is power. Your name is grace.
weekend. I was really encouraged by the words that were brought by two pastors by the name of Chris and Nikki. And two things that I took away from that, and I wholeheartedly agree in my spirit, is that in an instant, Jesus, by the name of Jesus, anything can change. Anything. Anything can change. And on the other side, we need to step into place of partnership. I'm not going to use the word activation. Partnership with His Holy Spirit because 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that it's the Holy Spirit that distinguishes every gift. It's the Holy Spirit. We don't own the gift. It's the Holy Spirit. And so as we partner with the Holy Spirit saying, come, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and resonate within my life as you do so well. But there's something about saying, fill me afresh today. Perhaps you've been in the faith for many years and you are strong and you are resolved. And I, I, and I thank Jesus for you. But guess what? He's not done with you yet. And he wants to show you something new. He wants to show you something fresh. He's calling you to a new work. Or maybe he's bringing to recollection something that you laid down long ago, but he wants to bring it afresh today. Next step is as John was saying, you need to remain, but you also need to step into it. Today is the day of your salvation, and so step into it. And so I want to encourage you to continue to remain in a time of worship. But if you need to go, God bless you. Remember that Jesus is with you, He's for you, and He's not against you. And the power of the Most High has overshadowed you because you have the anointing of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. To continue to worship, and I encourage you to be with us February 10th, okay? Let's continue to press in, you guys.
every heart that calls upon you. Help us, Lord, when we pretend to have you all figured out.
you to come before him in these moments. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Have a great afternoon. God bless you. The worship team's gonna continue to play for a few moments, but God bless you. We had a special time here today. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus.